You're listening to another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Uh, this is a roundtable podcast, so we got a whole lot of people here. Uh, Andrea Parrott. Say hi, Andrea. Hi. We're, on, we're all together on Zoom. And I said, say hi, Andrea, and she waved, um, and this will be an audio podcast, so just get the idea that occasionally we can see each other do stuff. So, um, Brian Powers. Hello. Hey, Brian. How are you, Mark? Good. Kathy Murphy. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Murph. Dieter Drake. Hey, folks. And Ann Lowry. Hello. So in this podcast, we have a series of topics that uh, Morphology came up with that uh, we're going to kind of run through and just uh, maybe roundtable some of our opinions on. Uh, let's start with the first one on the list, spandex. Love it, hate it. Do you really need it? Murph, <clears throat> I know you have a unique thought and, and approach to this, so why don't you kick us off? Um, well, in actually, actually my thoughts have changed a little bit, but, um, I am a pretty loyal, no spandex kind of girl. And I think it's because, um, you know, if you get your body conditioned to not need them, you can go a long ways without needing them. Um, so most of the time I am a no spandex kind of girl. Uh, I wear skirts almost every time I cycle. So underneath them, I will have like compression shorts or some sort. Um, but I was able to, uh, our former sponsor primal gave me a couple sets of bibs to test out. And so I went from no spandex to full on bibs where you can't go to the bathroom unless you take off your Jersey and it's like, and with a skirt over top of it, it turned into like mass chaos when it came to bathroom time. I'm just going to be honest with you, mass chaos, but I love them. So I, I, I'm just going to leave it with, I don't think they're necessary, but they sure add a great element to cycling. (laughs) You know, Renee Wheelock, for, she used to be with Bicycle, or, uh, Ride the Rockies, um, had a women's version of bibs. Uh, so instead of a strap over each shoulder, it just had one that went around your neck. So you could lift it over your head yeah. and, and then not have to take a jersey off. Um, man, it sounds like I know too much of that. Um, Renee was telling me that she thought they were really good and, and still like a bib short so maybe that's something to, to uh try all right everybody else parrot you're a long time long time spandex wearer aren't you long time spandex or lycra i don't care whichever one um i just like how they wick away the moisture um i just posted a question on uh, one of my facebook groups today which would you rather wet spandex shorts or itchy spandex shorts what were the choices? For the ages. What were the choices? Wet or itchy? Oh. Can, can you say neither? <laughs> no, that's the question. On that healing. Yeah. Um, I would probably go wet. I don't know. Because 
Having that really is a good answer. Yeah. Having absolutely no experience, I would go wet. But I don't wear spandex right now. So <laughs> I might have... say wet too. I thought I was gonna go itchy, but that would just get uncomfortable. <laughs> just, just imagine you rode through the rain and yeah, go with it. You found a really nice slip and slide. <laughs> so, yeah, spandex all the way. I don't think I could go without spandex. I would. I'm too conditioned to it. Also, the bike seat that I prefer is made to be used with spandex. So, or like the padded shorts. So. That's my two cents. Uh, Dieter, how about yourself? I'm a, a longtime spandex guy, um, but it, now that I'm definitely more of a recreational rider, it depends. You know, if I'm going out for a, a ride by myself, you know, in the, on the roads, then I'll definitely wear the spandex still. But if I'm just going around the neighborhood with the kids, I'll just be wearing shorts or even, uh, even jeans, as long as they're, they're, they're stretch jeans. <laughs> I've come. I've come to learn that those are the those are a creation by God. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, I, lo- I love stretchy jeans, so I'll I'll wear those when I'm just riding around the neighborhood if it's a little chilly. But otherwise, spandex. Yep, long time spandex guy. And um, as Andrea has said, I the the seats that I ride with, even on the mountain bike and and uh, just more recreational riding, they're they're definitely designed for wearing spandex shorts. Or, or bib shorts so yeah and they are they are much more comfortable in the end especially if you're going to be out for a long time uh brian powers uh long uh, i shouldn't say long time because i haven't been riding a ton but uh i started spandex uh but as our son started to get more into his strider i've found myself more just hopping on the bike and whatever i have on so yeah Same. but yeah if uh if i'm going out to ride then it's for sure, spandex. So, um, I've been doing things a little bit differently this year. Um, I got an e-bike, a new bike, and have been riding almost every day since the beginning of April, um, which I'm really, really happy about. Uh, but I also have not been doing any sort of spandex or padded shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, just been going with what I got. Um and doing, we've had a couple of 50 mile rides and are uh, just shy of 50 mile rides. So pretty happy. Um, you know, if I was going to get on the road bike, uh, totally different story. I think I would uh, uh, definitely go with a padded spandex short if I, if I was on the road bike, but because um, it's just less forgiving. Uh, this bike's got big two inch tires. So um, it's, it's pretty forgiving as far as, as the ride itself. So I'm happy. Cool. And there's, there's definitely a time and a place, right? I mean, something that might turn some people off to cycling. So if they see more people out there just in, just whatever, whatever mm-hmm. then yeah. that's great. So, Anne, have we scared you away? Do you think with the new purchase, you're going to have to also upgrade the wardrobe or are you going to go with the regular clothes? Uh, I'll go all in. Also, I mean, I like a good outfit, so I'm, you know. I'll get the spandex. I'll start there and see. Yeah. 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 I'm not scared of spandex. If that's, if that's the question, <laughs> I'll try it out. <laughs> well, certainly being on the Ragbury team, you have a whole closet full of uh, stuff that you can, uh, you can try out. Right. 
Yeah, there. Yeah, rooms, rooms of <laughs> in fact. But um, yeah, I, I think I'll start with that anyway. So I test rode a couple over the weekend, and I was on them maybe a total of twenty or thirty minutes, and I already needed some padding. So mm. I'm in. Uh, you know, I there will be padding mm, <laughs> for sure. Padding so, can save your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of pads with especially road bikes. Yep. Yeah. So I also believe in, in this is probably the beginner thing is that you get the new bike and you're like, Oh man, the seat hurts, the seat hurts, the seat hurts. And then you get, you know, a hundred miles on it, a couple hundred miles on it. And you finally give up and you take it to the bike shop. They put a new seat on it and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. This is the best thing ever. But I personally think what happens between the seat hurts and awesome is that your legs get stronger. Oh. Uh, so the more you ride, the more shock absorbing absorption your legs uh, give you. And so by the time you get a hundred miles or so in and your legs strengthen up a little bit, um, that seat hurts a little bit less. So it's not necessarily a break-in phase, although there are saddles that do need break-in phase. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you to get a new Brooks saddle, uh, don't take that out for your first day on Rag Ride. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> uh, break it in first. Um, but yeah, a lot, of it's I, a, lot, a lot of it's position on the bike, as you as you kind of alluded to as yeah. well. So if you're if you're too far forward, too far back, any of those can can uh, cause a lot of pain. Uh, not just with in the in the padding area, but also in your lower back and things like that, in your arms. So, Anne will discover that when she gets out there, she'll find the right optimal position and wherever you buy your bike from. Obviously, you know, they're gonna they're gonna help you set up, to get yeah. to, get it close at least, and you might have to make some adjustments. But yeah, a lot of that's a function of where you sit on the bike, obviously. Yeah. Nice. Last year, I had my seat tipped up. Um, my mechanic tipped it up just a little bit yep. and uh, man, it was painful. We, I went through all of pre-ride thinking, well, it's a brand new seat. It'll get better and got done with ride. And I tipped down to where I thought it should be versus what the mechanic thought it should be. And it was like heaven, um, total change just with that one yep. or two degree seat angle change. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tourism in Iowa, favorite places to ride. Murph, I'm going to call you out because I went up to your neighborhood uh, this last weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we went to, uh, we drove up to Solon and rode from Solon to Ely. Everything was closed in Ely um, and then rode to uh, Cedar Rapids, had lunch at the kickstand, which is just down the street from Kathy's condo, mm-hmm. and then decided just to – they are actually doing a super job at the kickstand. I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing I noticed is people that stopped there, uh, they didn't hang out there forever. Uh, mm-hmm. They went, they had lunch, and when their lunch was done, they left and opened the table for somebody else to go sit down, which was pretty cool. Um, and then we rode up to Sagwag and just to see how Sag was doing, totally different story. It's just chaos up there. <laughs> Bikes, people everywhere were like, yeah, we're going to turn around and just head back. So, uh, but fun ride up in Cedar Rapids. Um, uh, Jennifer and I have been, uh, staying close to home, uh, mostly because the bathroom issue, uh, bathroom and water. Um, because all the water fountains are closed, all the bathrooms are locked up. Um, 
so uh, having that, uh, we had the same problem at the kickstand is like, Hey, where do I get some water to refill my water bottle? And she's like, uh, I could bring you out a couple glasses, but that's the best I can do to refill you. Um, so we've been staying close to home and I, and I think we're wearing a path in some of the paved trails, uh, around our place. So, mm-hmm. um, powers, um, what have you been doing for tourism, man? Um, nothing. <laughs> Your basement? Yeah, right. Uh, work's been taking me around, but we haven't gone anywhere uh, as a family to really see anything. But um, we're going off the favorite places to ride. You know, the the gravel south of Des Moines is some of the best. Uh, that's usually where I find myself. Um, it's close to me. It's pretty easy to get to. You get down into Warren County, and it's just you could go for miles and miles and miles and it's just beautiful. So, you know, you, and then you get to go through Winterset, which is a really awesome town. So that's probably where I, one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. Murph on your Instagram, you've been posting rides all over the place. Where, where, uh, where have you been going? Yeah, it's been, you know, this whole quarantine thing has been an interesting change in my habits because um, it's from Cedar Rapids, you know, Mark gave out a good route, but typically the trail goes north or south. And so you, you get to a point when you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you can only go so many times on the same path when you're trying to be social distancing. And um, so I ended up getting a gravel bike. So now I've been experimenting with some gravel, which right now I'm, you know, since I am an amateur at gravel, I can probably say it's a good time to start because there's been no road crews out to put fresh gravel on what already exists. So I feel like I'm probably in more dirt roads than true gravel. So we'll see what happens once I um, go out after road crews have been out to fill up the rocks in the roads. But um, as far as like current favorite route, um, again, I leave from Cedar Rapids and go north to Center Point. um, And you pass through towns of Hiawatha, the town of Robbins. And then there's like a trail stop called Lafayette. Uh, It's just a beautiful scenery, very peaceful you're 95% on paved trail. So you're really not fighting traffic much. So um, right around 40 miles. So it's just a really nice escape. So that was, that would be my current favorite because of, you know, like Mark said, not getting too far from home. Uh, Dieter Drake, I'm going to bet money. You're going to say chili. (laughs) I got nothing. I got nothing in Iowa yet. Yet, um, I've heard a lot about it. Uh, actually, I've been following following Kathy's uh, Instagram quite a bit, so I'm quite oh. intrigued by some of the stuff. And I like like Brian's thoughts about going down to Warren County. I love gravel, obviously. So, yeah, I'm all over that. So, out here in Colorado, we've been I've been riding around the neighborhood a lot uh, with the family. And then if I get out and riding, um, I just love you know riding the gravel roads as Brian does out there. So um, it, uh, yeah. Lots of choices out here. We can ride the gravel trails or we can ride the gravel roads or the paved roads. There's not a lot of where we live in Colorado. Um, a lot of the paved roads are are busy. So we stay off of that as, as a lot of people would anyway. But um, we see a lot, of, a lot of people out there riding both the gravel and the, uh, and the, uh, the road bikes. 
And if you get up in the mountains, which is not where we are, we're on the front range, but up in the mountains, a lot of people obviously ride a lot of mountain biking. Our kids actually go up in the mountains a little bit, not too far from here and uh, do some mountain biking. So um, lots to choose from, but I am looking forward to getting out there and riding maybe with Kath and, and Ann and Andrea and Brian and, and Mark out there. So mm-hmm. excited to do that. We are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's coming. We'll get there. AP, what what are you thinking? Uh, what's your favorite place to ride? Well, I'll tell you, I have, I don't usually like to say where I like to ride because it's like sort of a hidden gem in Des Moines. <laughs> However, I have said it a new m- number of times now and there aren't any more people on the path than there used to be. So I guess I'll spill the beans. Um, I really like to ride to Altoona and I really like to ride to Bondurant because they're really easy to access from my place. Um, the paths there are excellent and they're through the woods and it's like really peaceful and nice and there aren't that many people. So I don't have to worry about social distancing. Mm -hmm. There are like personal protection or anything like that. So, um, most recently we went up to Altoona. It's a really short bike ride, but it has a little brewery at the end. So we like that. And I believe that uh, AP and I have FaceTimed a couple times when we were in that, both in our, you know, out in about and uh, have a, a beer via FaceTime. Yeah, it's, I do, that's on the way to Bondurant. That trail is fun to FaceTime from because there's a horse farm on the way. So ah. it look a lot cooler if I FaceTime from the horse farm. <laughs> so, so, yeah. and, uh, what's on your bucket list? Where do you want to ride? What, what's the first adventure? Yikes. Um, uh, probably just go with someone that knows a trail. I, I don't have, I haven't done a ton of research yet. So, um, I live near a bunch of trails, um, close to 63rd and grand. So I'm near a lot of just trail in Des Moines. Um, when I rode over Memorial day, I was out in Adel. And that seemed pretty nice. I mean, that goes up to Waukee. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably start with riding with a friend or someone that knows a trail system uh, mm-hmm. and do that and then get a little bit more adventurous as I go. Um, but I've been doing a lot of walking. Does that count? I've been doing a lot of walking with my dog since uh, quarantine. And so we've just been exploring new areas of the neighborhood that I'm in right now, which has been fun. So I'm I'll be excited to actually hop on a bike and and get a little bit further out and extend extend the distance that I'm going once once I got the bike. When we get out of quarantine, the dogs are going to be sad. They're going to be. He's going to be bummed. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, we. I also will add. We did take a random weekday off, uh, which was awesome, and. Uh, uh, spent the night in Ankeny because I have a, an apartment there. And then we rode the High Trestle Trail on, on a Thursday, which was fantastic because there was literally nobody around. Wow. Um, so it was a, it was an awesome time. Now, vice versa, when we went out this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, um, the Ely Road Trail, you can actually see Ely Road that's, you know, but probably a quarter mile away. And you could see more bikes on the trail than you could see cars on the road <laughs> next to it. So, um, I don't know why they build all those roads. Nobody uses them. I never see it, never see it happening. Right. Um, the trails in Des Moines have been absolutely swamped. I mean, especially the ones around downtown and in the metro area, just absolutely packed. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. 
Um, all right, next on our list, uh, ter- choice of terrain. And what we mean is gravel, trail, road, single track, etc. I'm most curious on what's under the etc. because I think you covered most of it. But <laughs> Murph, uh, what do you nope. think? What's the favorite terrain? Um, okay, this is going to be mind-blowing to you guys, but um, I'm trying to, you know, as social distancing goes, trying to avoid the heavily trafficked trails. And so I've started mountain biking. And let me tell you, I, I know, mind blown, right? I am truly, truly a beginner. Like when I hear somebody coming up behind me, I panic. I immediately pull over and, you know, and they'll, they'll be like, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm so slow and I have to walk over roots and rocks and such. But with that said, I'm training because I'm doing a seven day San Juan huts trip in September. And I have to be able to go over rocks and climb mountains because there will be no second choice and there will be no vehicle to pick me up. So I have been training and every time we've gone out, we've either been alone, nobody else on the trail or one or two other people. So it's been really fun. Um, my biggest fear, of course, is crashing, which I have not done yet. My second biggest fear is ticks. Mm. And I've so far escaped any ticks. So that's where... Well, now you've jinxed yourself. Um, so are you staying locally for single track, Beverly and Squaw? Or are you going out a little bit? Have you been to Sugar Bottom? No, I don't think I've... I'm advanced enough for Sugar Bottom yet. So I've done Sack and Fox here in Cedar Rapids and Squaw Creek here in Cedar Rapids. So next will be Beverly. And then I'll, if I feel confident, I'll head your way, Mark. <laughs> you, you know, I sugar actually has uh, um, a series of green trails. They're all color coded. Mm. So if you go out there, you can stick on the greens and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's maybe one or two spots that you'll probably stop and have to hike up a little bit of hill. But uh, if you just stick to the greens, even the greens and blues are are pretty decent. Um, so I don't do the black diamond ones. So somebody else can do that. <laughs> uh, Dieter Drake, what's your favorite terrain? I uh, yeah, I'm a roadie bike by uh, trade. So I've been riding on the road for forever. Um, although like, like Kath, I've been, I, we just recently bought a couple of, uh, actually three mountain bikes for the family to kind of share between us different sizes. And we've been getting out and riding, not anything very, uh, technical or anything like that, uh, but, uh, or anything very hilly. <laughs> so we, uh, we're on the gravel roads, a lot of the gravel trails and, and some pretty tame mountain biking type stuff. So we've been doing a lot of that. Uh, recently actually, but I'm still, I, I still love getting out on the road and, and like Brian, I like getting out on the gravel. I've been riding gravel as much as road for a long time. Um, in fact, I, I still kind of ride gravel on my, some tame gravel and more, more as my dog barks, uh, more gravel, uh, more dirt rather than gravel. I guess, is there a distinction between the two, Kath? I think there is. So, um, we're, uh, we ride a lot of gravel and, and dirt, uh, out here and, uh, but you know, every once in a while I'll stick to the roads and, uh, when, uh, social distancing is acceptable and things like that, we'll, I'll ride with a couple of people, but not more than that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a uh, little bit of everything these days, but, uh, traditionally I've been a, a road and gravel guy. And have you, uh, have you given any thought to getting off the pavement? <laughs> uh, I love the idea of it. 
uh, I mean, Kathy, when you're talking about the trip you're taking that, like, that seems very excited. I, I get excited by that, but yeah. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I know I'm not ready for that. Like, I feel like I just need to be comfortable with riding around people and just riding distance. And then, and then I could see myself liking, um, mountain or gravel, um, but I just want to get comfortable with actually getting on the bike first and then I'll work through those pieces. We were, we were hoping the Iowa bicycle coalition was hoping to put together a little mountain bike festival and it was going to be really focused on beginners and women and uh, coming out and trying, uh, trying mountain biking. Uh, Coralville was about to open their brand new flow trails. They're not open yet, I believe. Um, but uh, flow trail, if you're not familiar, you ride up the great big hill or sometimes in, in some places you take the truck ride up the great big hill and then you just go down the hill. You don't have to pedal at all. You just go down through berms and snakes and, and sort of thing. Um, so it's, it, it's really kind of an awesome first in the state sort of opportunity, um, which will be really fun. Anyhow, um, my wife, um, she got into mountain biking and single track quite a bit uh, because she went to raise indoor mountain bike park over in, in uh, I think, Milwaukee and uh, Milwaukee or Chicago, one of the two. And they had a women's weekend. So they had all women coaches and, and she found that really uh, didn't have the intimidation factor. Uh, that sometimes uh, mountain biking can have. Um, so they kind of had coaches and broke things down um, and uh, really, really found that she enjoyed it. So um, so hopefully we can replicate that experience. Let's get you on a bike for end, but uh, after that, yeah. uh, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know you're a longtime roadie, but uh, what else have you been, what else has caught your interest? Well, I definitely want to try that flow trail. That sounds awesome. I do have a mountain bike. I just don't, I use it mostly for commuting because it's a really comfortable commuting bike, but yeah, I'm road all the way. I could be convinced to ride gravel probably, but you know, I don't know. It does sound fun. It just, I've never actually gone out there and tried it, but the road, road biking has it all amenities like bathrooms and food normally. And it has the breweries and it has, you know, predetermined routes. It's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, Brian Powers. In Des oh, Brian, uh, there's not a surface you're afraid of. Is there? No, <laughs> no. Uh, if I have a choice though, it's gravel all the way. Um, uh, something without wild parsnip though. Right. <laughs> preferably. <laughs> preferably anything but a ditch um i will take any surface but a ditch um unless i'm taking pictures and i guess i have to dive into it um but yeah the the adventure and the like the fact that you, it just feels so much more freeing you don't have to worry about cars um other people uh it's just so much easier and it's so accessible here in des moines um to get out on on the gravel it's that's, that's where I prefer to go out. Thankfully, like I can, I can hit single track. I can hit bike trail. I can hit road all on the way to get me to gravel. So that's kind of fun in terms of creating new routes and stuff. Um, but yeah, the destination is always getting onto rock or B roads or stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. And that, that, that is the appeal of gravel, right? That it just opens up a whole, whole level of adventure that uh, really people like, like roadies like me traditionally. Um, and uh, it, it, I wouldn't, you know, in the, in the past, maybe I wouldn't have strayed off the road on my road bike. <clears throat> um, but with the advent of gravel bikes and gravel, the whole gravel scene, it's opened up a whole, whole subset of, of adventure on different roads, different surfaces, paths and trails and things like that, that really, mm-hmm. uh, it was very, it was very divided in the past where you either did mountain bike or you did road and there, you know, the two didn't mix in a lot of different ways. But uh, now it's opened up and it's a great thing for the sport of cycling and also the great for, um, you know, Ragbri. We've got a gravel, we have a gravel loop with Ragbri. So that's a great thing. It's really opened up a whole new world and uh, maybe a whole whole new group of people that maybe wouldn't have done uh, road events in the past that were just mountain bike people and they've kind of jumped over and I think vice versa. So that's that's been a great thing for for bicycling, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would get so frustrated when we moved here because I only had a road bike and that's all I knew. And then you'd come to Iowa and, you know, 90% of the roads seem like they're gravel. So you'd be trying to make a route and all of a sudden you'd, the road turns to gravel and you're on 25 millimeter tires. So what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, to make routes and, and have a bike capable of doing all of them, it just made route planning so much easier. It was, you know, the trails are great, but like you were saying earlier, Kathy, sometimes you just want to get off and, yeah. Do something different. Uh, so it's just, I don't know, fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah, I've seen exactly a couple right. people, I've seen a couple people post on social media that they've done the uh, circumference, the perimeter of Sailorville. Um, now that would fall into the et cetera because that's, uh, I'm sure, on sand shore and, and some rock and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think that seems like the ultimate adventure that you could find in Iowa is to, to be able to do a circumference of a lake of that size. Mm-hmm. What about snow? Oh, snow's fun. <laughs> yeah, I have a fat bike. I love to go out. Uh, we've got a fairly flat set of single track in Coralville that's that's pretty easy. But man, if there's snow on it, it's really a lot of fun, Is it? Uh, especially on a fat bike that you can just uh, just have a good time with. Is that your preferred terrain, Mark? You know, I don't know. I, I'm a roadie, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of partial to pavement. Um, I've been doing mostly trails here lately um, just because we have so many options uh, near where I live. Um, the tough part about gravel, even though I'm really inspired by it, you know, it's five to seven miles of, of either trail or road to get to a gravel road where I live. So, um, I mean, that's just a bigger effort than just going outside the door and hitting the trail. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where my world has centered right now, but eh, I'm always open for debate on that. Mm-hmm. And I know follow, right. uh, Go ahead. just to include Kyle, cause Kyle Munson is also one of the contributors to the podcast and he grew up on gravel roads in Iowa. So I know he had mentioned that he wants, he's excited to get back. He was a longtime trail and road rider. Um, but he's excited to get back on and start doing some more gravel, get back to his roots. He said, mm-hmm. yeah, he said, I may return to my rural childhood roots and spend more time riding gravel. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, quarantine. Uh, things are starting to open up here a little bit in Iowa, uh, but uh, we're probably at the point of what we've learned. Um, 
what we what we accomplished uh, if we really thought we had enough time to do that um and uh yeah what's what's your thoughts about quarantine and let's let's kick it off with you this time uh i've learned that i can consume a, a lot of television um i think last weekend i decided that perhaps i have watched everything on netflix um the other thing is just I alluded to it earlier, but the walking, I've just had a, like, that's been really good to just get out and kind of walk. I mean, say for this past week, a couple of weeks where it's been a little bit rainy and gloomy and got caught in the rain a couple of days ago. Um, but I've also learned that I think, I, you know, it's, just, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how there's this weird comfort that's it's some people have in quarantine and, I've felt it. It seems a little bit like you're in your bubble and there, there's some comfort in that. And so a little scared as things started to open back up, but, but, um, you know, it's just kind of this, uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of mentally enjoyed quarantine for, for that reason. It just felt comfortable to me, but so kind of getting back out and, and, and being okay with, with things opening back up. So, um, yeah like TV, like to walk and, and I actually enjoyed quarantine at some level. So. Andrea, how's your quarantine been treating you? Well, I kind of feel the same way as Anne. I enjoyed, have enjoyed quarantine to some extent because I'm in my house. I really, it has all the stuff I like in it. Um, like my cat, my dog, um, you know, and I have been doing a lot of gardening. I wouldn't say I've learned gardening, but I've been doing a lot my garden will never be the same again, especially when we have events like Rag Bri during the summer and I have no time. Mm -hmm. um, so this year is truly the year of gardening. Um, we've got all sorts of stuff going on out there. So just spending time outside, but in my own space mm -hmm. has been really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot of walks too, but I kind of always do that because my dog is really wild and hard. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian Powers. Um, our big goal coming into this was uh, potty training our two-year-old. Um, Ooh. So that, that uh, his daycare closed, or I should say his daycare has been open the whole time. We haven't sent him in, I don't know, six or seven weeks. So we're like, well, while he's home, um, just going to get rid of diapers. So he's, he's about, I don't know, 95% there. Congratulations. So, oh, good job. It only took six weeks, but <laughs> we're just about there. Um, outside of that, I mean, I've, uh, I've been working through most of it. Uh, so it's, it, on, on the work side, it hasn't really changed for me a ton. I'm still going out. Um, you know, obviously my wife and son, they're, they've been quarantined at home. So uh, a lot's changed for them. But um, I've still been out taking pictures, working, telling stories. Um, so it's just been a matter of, of juggling work schedules when we are at home together and who's going to take care of him and who's got work meetings to be on and who's got things to go photograph. So it's been an adjustment, but it's been fun. Murph, how about you? What have you learned during the quarantine? Yeah, what I've learned a lot about myself during quarantine. Um, I, I still lack no ambition to tackle my living room paint project, which <laughs> you can't really tell because of the lighting, but it could use the, a paint job. But I guess it just 
isn't going to get done. It must not be important. But I definitely always found time to get on my bike, which I appreciate so much that we were able to have the freedom to be able to get out, even if it was on solo rides, which I thoroughly enjoy riding bikes by myself, you know, sometimes with headphones, sometimes without. It's such a good time to reflect on, you know, the day or life, but also to like plan for the future. Like you can be on a bike ride and be like, I, I am going to do stuff once this quarantine's over, probably not paint my living room, but something I'll find something really fun to do. (laughs) Peter, how about you? Um, I have been getting out and riding more. We, uh, we, we ride a lot. Like I mentioned before, we, we, we've got uh, some mountain bikes that we've been riding bikes a lot. So that's, that's been the real positive story here. Uh, we spent a lot of time with the family otherwise, but, uh, it's gotten even better. So, um, we kind of like it. Um, but, uh, it's still very busy. Um, we're doing a lot of stuff with Rag Bri and, and, um, and uh, so that's kept us, kept us pretty busy, but things are. Oh, did we lose his audio a little bit? We lost his audio. He's on mute. <laughs> oh, um, all in this together. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I hit everybody. Um, and Andrea getting out and riding, so it's been it's been real positive for us to to be able to enjoy bicycling more. We, Dieter, we missed about half of your uh, half oh. of your talk there, but uh, like, sorry about that. It could have been. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must have been my uh, my headphones. So we've been getting out and riding a lot as a family, and and uh, and it's been since the weather's been better. We've been getting out and riding, so it's it's been really nice here. Um, I've ridden more than I ever have before. I don't think since April first, uh, I may have not ridden to work one day, and and I'm still for the listeners at home. I'm still able to go to my office because it's closed to the public. There's nobody else here but me. Um, so I have a back separate entrance that I can go to to, to get to my office. And uh, it's just a better work environment for me, especially since nobody's here. Um, but I've ridden to work every day since April 1st. And even before that, um, I've got uh, I, and ridden every day after work. So oftentimes a couple times a day. Um, in general, I'll ride home for lunch and back, uh, which works out really well. Um, I've got like 1,300 miles on my bike, uh, which wow. is amazing for me, uh, especially this time of year. Um, usually rolling into pre-ride, we're all kind of comparing notes. And, you know, we've got 250, 300 miles in before we hit it. And uh, and uh, we're all going to suffer during pre-ride. But, uh, man, this year I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably been... Uh, one of the best things uh, that I learned. Um, I also learned, and this is this is more Iowa Bicycle Coalition thing. Um, our support uh, from members and donors hasn't changed. That's um, awesome. Yeah, um, I've, I I'm totally inspired as I'm working on budgets and numbers and things like that to see that. Yeah, we had a little bit of downturn in February in, in memberships, but we also had an upturn in in donations. So things just kind of shifted around. Um, and uh, we're probably having one of our largest membership years ever. Not by much, not by much at all, but uh, 
yeah, that's um, that's pretty cool that uh, things didn't didn't turn down at all, which is which is great and a testament to how much bicyclists uh, support advocacy in the state, and and that's fantastic. Um, our events, however, um, uh, which is the next thing that's on our list to talk about, is is upcoming events and things to do. Um, is there's still a little bit of a question mark beside them. Uh, and what I'm talking about is uh, the Bacon ride, uh, which has been rescheduled for August 8th, no, August 1st. Uh, Pigtails ride, uh, which is rescheduled for August 8th. And Big Grove, which is scheduled for August 22nd. Um, the governor has... Uh, uh, changed the proclamation and started to allow um, sporting events, especially one that may have a minor amount of contact. Um, and bicycling is specifically included in that list, which is is great. That's that's all those rides. Um, however, where that changes is that when you stop, um, then we have bars and venues and restaurants that all have their own set of regulations that are new that they have to abide by. So trying to figure out how that applies um, and is going to be a, a big change. Uh, and then the other thing that I said that we have to deal with is water. Um, if the bathrooms and the drinking fountains and, and public water supplies are closed, um, we're going to have to look at things differently and have to truck in bottles of water. Um, and, you know, nobody, we've, we've done so well with refillable bottles over the years and, and getting to that. But man, uh, considering the pandemic, we're, we're probably going to have to look at things like going to uh, single serve water bottles that are disposable, which is, you know, got its own problem with it. But uh, you know, that may be one of those things that we have to change. Certainly, hand washing stations and just a lot of things that that uh, we're going to have to work overtime to get to August first to see if that if that's going to all work out. Uh, and then finally, we got to make sure that participants are comfortable. Um, who's going to to come and what what do they want to see uh, that will make them I uh, want to participate in an event in this uh, pandemic time. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. How how about the RegBri folks? Who wants to take a lead on on what you're looking at for stuff? We, uh, um, go ahead, Dan. Yeah. Yep. Right. Nope. I'm going to say we're we. I mean, Dieter kind of alluded to this, but obviously, you know had to postpone RAGBRAI for this year for those exact reasons you just said, but we've been busy as a team. And, um, and, you know, we, we said this when we postponed is that we had a bunch of stuff that we were planning for this year still. And we're, we're close to being able to announce uh, the first thing. And yeah, you, everyone can look for an announcement on June 15th for the first thing that we have up our sleeve, which I think everyone will be kind of excited about. And, something that um, anyone can participate in and we're not bound by any sort of state laws on it. So that's just a little teaser on what that could be. Um, and then something that we're planning for a little bit later in the year too. So um, we have been extremely busy with all of that stuff. We've been extremely busy talking to riders because um, we're still processing refunds and transfers and donations to Iowa Bicycle Coalition if they choose. Thank through you. June 1st. So that's through Monday. Um, and so, you know, we've team has had a lot going on, which has been a great, a great thing too. And a great distraction from what's going on in the rest of the world is to be able to focus on 
on things that make people feel better, both mentally and physically. So we've been busy. Anything else to add, Andrea or Dieter? Well said. Yeah, it's well said. And yeah, we won't, we won't, like Ann said, we're not going to give away all the details on it, but we've got some really exciting things planned for uh, the summer and perhaps in the fall that, uh, that we think people are going to be really excited about. And um, it keeps the spirit of RAGBRAI alive, even though we can't meet as a, meet as a uh, RAGBRAI community in July, we're going to be, we're going to be still uh, sharing stories and, and, and having a lot of fun over throughout throughout the summer and also through the fall, so uh, we think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the next best thing, I think, in, in, in lieu of not being able to gather as a group there in, in Iowa in July. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm hoping honestly that the uh, that those rides that you mentioned, Mark, are able to happen in, in August uh, because bicycling Iowa is so important to all the communities that that Ann and I visited over the last well starting in really december and then through through february uh bicycling is very very important to all those communities in iowa and just as a state for from a tourism perspective and from um like our vendors for example that come to ragbri every year they they rely on ragbri and some of those have uh, brick and mortar buildings that they rely on people stopping and eating food and drinking beer and and uh and relaxing at so um with uh, with what we've got planned for uh, the balance of the year, um, we we hope to uh, bring some attention to those folks who I know have been struggling. So, but bicycling is really important, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna keep the spirit of Ragbri alive this year. Cool. So, does anybody else? Uh, I mean, besides the events that we're kind of familiar with, eh? any Murph, you said you have an event on your calendar. Anybody else have anything that uh, they're hoping? Uh, still happens. Uh, my calendar has been pretty clear this year. The second half of this year is pretty empty. Um, there's a local cycling team here that's been doing um, segments on Strava and putting those out for people, which has been really fun to kind of keep, keep, keep you motivated, keep you getting out there. Um, so those guys have been doing uh, some really cool stuff and at least keeping the community alive and well. And um you know, Phoenix, Phoenix Nicket segments. Um, if anyone's looking for things to do in and around Des Moines, uh, it's been, it's been a blast. So I've been taking part in those, the ones that are around here, um, which has been really fun. This is in Phoenix cycling syndicate. That's Scott and James, uh, Scott Olson, who, uh, is part of the Olson twins. Um, and, uh, James Armstead, um, part also part of the Olsen twins. There's three of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, a great, great group of people and, and really yeah, amazing dedicated bicyclists, uh, that, yeah. that, that just go, go ride bikes a lot. Yeah. It's so awesome. All right. Now we come to the final bit of our show, which is the Ann Chronicles. Um, if you're not familiar, they used to have the Lance Chronicles. Uh, you know, they followed Lance Armstrong in these segments um, to see what was going on with his life. So now we have the Ann Chronicles. And what's the update? Where's where's the bike uh, the bike discussion at? So uh, I test rode a couple on Memorial Day. And decided a couple things that uh, I like a low step, um, I like a disc break, uh, mm-hmm. I liked the Verve 3 specifically, Trek Verve 3. 
Um, and so I, I don't think they're available right now. I don't think I'm going to get my specific pick of, of bike necessarily, but um, this weekend I will go to Bike World West Des Moines and I will uh, pick out something as close to that as possible. So that's, that's it. The bike will be purchased this weekend. Nice. nice. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll say like, I, I will, I will admit this freely. I know this is going out widely, but I will admit this freely that one of my biggest, one of the, my biggest hesitations was I needed to on my own in front of people that I truly trusted, make sure I could get on and off that bike without falling over oh. before I went publicly to do it at a bike shop. And so I can say <laughs> confidently that I was very successful with that. And, um, as soon as I got on and started riding, I think Mark, you've said this to me several times, it's like riding a bike and it mm -hmm. really was, it really, it really, really was. And as soon as I got on it and I started riding, it felt, it took me back to being, you know, 13 years old again, and just like riding down the road, going to my friend's house. And it was just a very, almost immediately felt very freeing. So I'm excited to make the purchase this weekend and, and get out there. That's great, Anne. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations. I have some coordination. <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> so I feel good about it. <laughs> so so you haven't even started clipless pedals. We'll talk about falling off your bike no. when we get to that phase. <laughs> no, but I've but I've witnessed on the Keras loop a lot of uh enough to make me like, you know, go slowly into that. Like I've witnessed a lot of people go over their handlebars because they're so excited to get their loop patched that they can't get out of there. They can't yeah. unclip. And I've just had to move out of the way. I've tried to catch some, but. <laughs> I had a, we did a ride to Hills this last weekend and it was hot. It you know, would it get up to 82, 86 degrees, somewhere in that range. And, and so uh, coming the other way, this, this elderly couple stopped next to us on the other side of the road and he needed to get off his bike. He was overheated and just, but he couldn't get his leg up high enough to get off the bike and kept getting stuck. And I thought he was going to fall into traffic. So at that point I was willing to break my social distancing circle to help this poor man before he fell into traffic and yeah. got hurt worse, uh, which then I would have had to break the social distancing circle anyhow. Um, so, um, you know, he did fine. He finally got off the bike and you could tell he was just red and overheated and, and that sort of thing. So uh, that happens. I mean, I, I certainly know after I had my knee surgery, that was, that was hard to, to be able to lift up your leg and, and get it over, especially after surgery and the muscles aren't quite right. So yeah, you have to have to be comfortable doing that. If you got to step through frame, uh, step through frames are awesome. I don't, yeah. I don't have any problem with those. Yeah. So. I Once you've that. already learned how to use the pedals, I will tell you how many times I fell over while learning to use flipless pedals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I've noticed, I don't know, has anybody else noticed this? The older I get, the, the farther the bike tips over in order for me to keep my leg, kick my leg over the, <laughs> the top. I think when I was young, that was like straight up and I could just lift my leg up and get on and off. But now at this point, I'm like, uh, I'm going to tip this bike way over before I get on. <laughs> Am I alone there? Is that just me? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. It is just me. Um, 
All right, and we're inspired. We're looking forward to what uh, what this bike looks like. Is there a color? Do you got one picked out a favorite? <laughs> so that's the problem. Is like I'm very aesthetic driven. So I just there's they've there's just so much popularity with people buying bikes right now that I I think I just have to go in and I'm gonna have to be comfortable with whatever they have. I really wanted the blue steel. I don't think that's going to be possible. So I'll get what my world has. <laughs> I am. I wanted you to get blue steel. I know. Um, I'll do, so I'm just, do the, I'm open sorry. to whatever, whatever is there for me when I get there, but I at least have some parameters around what I, what I know I like. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. So we could all probably attest to this, that you'll buy this bike and I know it's probably your forever bike, but I think we can all probably agree that eh, it's not the first bike you're going to get. Give it another year. Right. You're going to have the second bike come in. No, yeah, every, so everybody agree with that? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so just get it. Just get the yeah. purchase. Just buy just it. Break the ice. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. If you see it, well, it's, it's kind of like picking out t-shirts on rag dry that if you see it on the first day, don't think that t-shirt's going to be there on the last day. <laughs> yeah. If you like it, buy it now, carry it with you for the rest of the week. Yep. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks Murph for putting together this agenda. This is, this is been a great discussion and and uh i enjoyed uh, catching up with everybody um we should do this again um yeah. we are going to have another set of individual podcasts that are going to be rotating through the just go bike podcast uh, i know parrot talk released one last week um and and i'm sure everybody else has some ideas of uh of what they got going on i've got a couple things that uh I'm looking forward to uh, starting up the microphone and, and uh, talking about um, that I didn't talk about today, which is, is awesome. Um, and I'm sure everybody else does too. So look forward to more episodes in the future. Um, before that we close this out, anything else that uh, anybody wants to add for the, uh, the good of this roundtable? I'd like to add something. Um, I have got a couple of Bear Talk questions in the inbox but if you have one you'd like to ask you can get a hold of us on facebook twitter and instagram at just go bike or you can email me at just go bike podcast at gmail.com so don't forget to send me your parrot talk questions what's your favorite food that you're missing from rag Rye? and do you have any favorite rag Rye tunes that you would like me to add to maybe a playlist that i might be putting together Awesome. I appreciate that, Andrea. Um, this has been the Just Go Bike Podcast. Make sure that you like us on whatever uh, podcast feed that you're listening to and uh, give us a rating, give us some comments, uh, but make sure that you subscribe and listen to the Just Go Bike Podcast. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to, with you next week. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. 
Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.